Listener Production. Hi, I'm Sasha Barbagat. Welcome to this extra episode of The Briefing. We'll be dropping an additional ep into the feed every day at 3pm to keep you up to date with everything going on in the world right now. After weeks of intense pressure, Spain's football boss, Luis Rubiales, has today announced his resignation from the job. It felt like it was inevitable after huge backlash when he kissed player Jenny Hermoso following Spain's FIFA Women's World Cup win in Sydney, sparking what a lot of people are calling the country's Me Too moment. But he remains defiant. In a statement, he claims he believes in the truth and that it will prevail. So, is this a win for women in Spain? And will Rubiales' resignation be the watershed moment for female sports some have been hoping for? To find out, I'm joined now by former Football Australia executive, Benita Merciades. Benita, thanks for chatting to us on The Briefing. First up, what's been the reaction to Louis Rubiales' resignation today? Uh, I think it's been met with, you know, satisfaction that finally that there's been some action from him. Having said that, you know, having read his statement translated from Spanish into English, it's clear that he hasn't actually apologised for anything. He doesn't really see that he's done anything wrong and he's still talking about how he intends pursuing the tr- his version of the truth and that he's really done this, I suspect, because there's been enormous pressure put on him because of Spain and Portugal and Morocco's bid to host the 2030 World Cup. So in some ways, it's sort of football politics as usual, but in other ways, at least there's been pressure put on him to the point where he has actually resigned. Yeah, that was going to be my next question was about his statement. It really does read in a way that suggests that he thinks he's done nothing wrong and he maintains that the kiss with Hermoso was consensual. Do you think it was just outside pressure that forced him to resign now and not weeks ago when it first blew up? Well, absolutely, because he, you know, he said at the time he absolutely refused to resign and several times and it's taken this long to get to this point. It would have been outside pressure both from the Spanish Federation, I, I suspect also in some respects the Spanish government because they've been quite clear on what their thoughts were on what happened. Uh, And also UEFA, which is a European governing body for football, plus the fact that he was suspended by FIFA. I mean, you'd have to be really stupid not to take notice of all of those pressures to bear. But the fact that he still hasn't apologised, he still doesn't see that he's done anything wrong. And he talked about the impact on him (laughs) in his statement, not the impact on the woman concerned, Jenny Hermoso, or more to the point, the team that actually had won the World Cup where all of the glory that they should have been sort of revelling in has been taken away because of this one act of his. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think it brings me to asking you how this is going to affect women of the game in Spain. Obviously, it's a huge win to have him stand down. Uh, The team itself had been refusing to play until he was removed from the position. But there's still quite a lot of work to do in, in that space, isn't there? That's certainly the case from what you hear about it. I mean, after all, this is the team where 15 of the players refused to play until the previous coach, Jorge Vilda, went. And Rubiales, this was last year, Rubiales said, well, no, he's staying because there's nothing wrong with him. Now, Vilda's gone because he's been sacked by the interim board of the Spanish Federation. Now Rubiales is gone. But the Spanish women, despite significant investment in football from their individual clubs, such as Barcelona and Real Madrid, etc., the Spanish Federation hasn't 
yet had the same levels of professionalism that they would come to expect from the clubs that they play in. So they've got a number of concerns which they want to see addressed. And I think, you know, what's good about this, what he did that was so putting aside the act in itself, the fact that he did the act in such a public place, in such a public moment, has meant that it couldn't be swept under the carpet. Mm. Previously, these things would happen. And, you know, it was a he said, she said type situation and no one else saw it or no one else knew about it. But this was in front of the entire world in one of the best moments that that football team will ever experience. So in some senses, that's been a good thing because it's allowed the pressure to be put on. And I do hope that the Spanish women's football team and the and the footballers more generally keep the pressure on for what they want to achieve in, in their sport, in their country. Mm. Yeah, and I want to talk about that what this represents for women's sport generally and not just in Spain but around the world. You know, the FIFA Women's World Cup um, here in Australia, it was such a moment, a cultural moment, seeing people out in force celebrating women and women's sporting achievements. And then, like you said, to have this kiss kind of overshadow Spain's win but then the aftermath of people jumping on board with the women and saying, no, this isn't right and this can't stand, do you believe that this is going to be a watershed moment for women's sport? Look, I think it is on this occasion. I mean, previously I would have said perhaps not, but I think it adds to a sort of narrative around football and and FIFA and World Football Administration that they've been allowed to get away with so much for so long. You know, we all know about the issues around corruption. There's issues around sports washing. This is sort of part of a continuum of that. If they think they can get away with it, they will get away with it. But because this was so public, because it was a world event, because it was in front of the, you know, the eyes and cameras of the world, it's been very hard for Rubiales in particular, but football in general, to escape from it and realise that they need to come into the 21st century. And this sort of behaviour is just not appropriate. Uh, FIFA suspending Rubiales as well, was that kind of seen as a positive step forward too in that the governing body was willing to act? Yes, definitely, especially for FIFA. I mean, it was relatively quick acting for FIFA. They're not always the fastest to, to act in these mm. situations, but they did so pretty well. I mean, the, I guess the proof will be in what how that investigation goes and whether it's done properly. That can take under their processes, that can take up to 90 days post the suspension. So that'll be the next interesting point. Mm. Is there a place in football for Rubiales to ever return to or is that it, do you think? I would hope that that's it because I think that if people, you know, when when you look at his statement, if he'd come out with his statement and said, you know, I, I realise that this is not appropriate in this day and age, I wouldn't like my daughters treated the same way, you know, paraphrasing Scott Morrison, I guess, <laughs> or, or something like that. If he'd have shown some sort of apology or remorse or an understanding that that was inappropriate, then yes, of course, you would allow him to come back into the game. But unless or until he does, football needs to learn that there's no room for people like this in the game. We need to move on. 50% of the population in the world are women and girls. There are more and more women and girls playing the game than ever before. And, you know, they need to be feel comfortable and safe in this game and welcome in this game, just like men do. Yeah, 100%. Thanks so much for joining us on The Briefing, Benita. Really appreciated your insights today and we'll be following what happens next very closely. That's a pleasure. Thanks, Sasha. That was Benita Merciades, former Football Australia exec and FIFA whistleblower, talking us through the resignation of Louis Rubiales. 
that's all for today's extra episode of The Briefing. Tom and the team will be back in your feed tomorrow morning at 6.00.